Welcome to the Shred the Spread podcast, episode 16, Recap Monday. If you're new, thanks for tuning in. If you're returning, thanks for coming back. As always on Recap Monday, I am your host, Jared Solo Dolo. We only get the dose of Dynell on Thursday and Saturday, but we have a beautiful Recap Monday to go through. It wasn't the most profitable, it wasn't the prettiest, but it was a sharp Sunday for picks. Ultimately, I went 2-2 on my pick. Dino went 1-2. We both had the Bears basically causing profit to break even. Um, Dino slightly under on the 500. Um, I am exactly 500. Uh, yeah, Bears were a very disappointing game. They'll actually be the first game we cover. But um, yeah, in this episode, we will just be recapping the games that we had picks from. And we will be rolling some clips from Saturday and Thursday into this episode of Donnell and I's Big Baller Calls. We both made a huge call. And uh, yeah, it was pretty entertaining looking back. Um, Glad we were right. Hopefully you guys made some money. We had a lot of leans that were on the right side. We just ultimately did not choose the right picks on Saturday. Um, Chargers plus seven was one that luckily... I loaded up on because it just felt like the right side, prime time, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in prime time. But um, we'll get into it. So uh, yeah, let's hop right into the first game. The Detroit Lions traveled to Chicago and handled their business against the Chicago Bears. Unfortunately, having the Bears, Dinell and myself both having that, minus two and a half was kind of a heartbreaker considering that they let up 21 points in the fourth quarter to the Detroit Lions. What are we doing? We're having another incredible Justin Fields game and throw it away due to piss-poor defense. Obviously, Justin Fields had that turnover, which gave them six points. But, nonetheless, he did have an incredible day. Um, For the Detroit side, Jared Goff, 19 of 26, 200. 36 yards and a touchdown. Jamal Williams, the me, the main back, 16 carries for 59 yards and a touchdown. We also saw DeAndre Swift get into the end zone. Amon Ross St. Brown, the bread and butter of this offense, 10 receptions, 119 yards. No touchdowns, but obviously huge contributor to this game. Um, Jeff Okuda had an incredible pick. Um from the Lions defense, but this was another Justin Fields incredible day. 12 of 20 in the air, 167 yards, two touchdowns, and that one interception, Uh, but he did have 13 carries for 147 yards and two touchdowns. He did break off a touchdown run for like 60-something yards um, right after that fumble six or pick six, whatever the heck it was. Um... Damn, this guy is just playing on another level. Um, Cole Komet, the leading receiver, four receptions, 74 yards, and two touchdowns. And all of us fantasy owners, um, we remember the beginning of the season. Cole Komet was ghost. Didn't show up on the stat sheet. Sometimes you didn't even know if he was playing or not. You know, he was one of the probably top 10 tight ends you were drafting. And, you know, ultimately you were having to go to these secondary scrubs and just hoping that they were getting a catch or two just to get some points. 
Uh, Cole Komet seems to have found a chemistry with Justin Fields and turning into his main guy, which is which is good to see. But uh, you know, letting up 21 points in the fourth quarter is always going to be difficult to cover a two and a half point spread. So ultimately, we were on the wrong side at the end. But throughout the game, this just looked like the Chicago Bears' dominating performance. Um, you know, they let up 21 points in the fourth quarter and they lose by one point. So, you know, tough loss. We'll move on. Still eyeing the Bears. Does not going to stray me away. Uh, but Justin Fields, like we say, Donnell and I have both said every single week he just gets better and better and better. And the play calls seem to cater to his skill set. Bills are going to be, or uh, the Bears are going to be, a, definitely going to be a team to look out for. And, uh, we definitely will be eyeing them in these next few weeks. Now we travel to Munich, Germany to take a look at the Seattle Seahawks and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers outcome. Uh, this one was truly a Buccaneers dominating an ugly defensive held game. Um, Buccaneers lead the game 14-0 at halftime. Seahawks claw their way back in. Buccaneers seal the deal. They win 21-16. to uh, The good thing is, the Seahawks never gave up. The Seahawks were always knocking on the door to come back, but this ultimately was a downfall of the Seahawks' rush, rushing attempts. Um, Geno Smith was the, rush, the leading rusher, four carries for 22 yards. Kenneth Walker, 10 carries for 17, but this just ultimately was not working against this Buccaneers defense. They are set up to stop the run, and it just comes down if their secondary can get a couple turnovers. Um, secondary, they just they played well. Uh, DK Metcalf had a day, but you know Jamal Dean and DK Metcalf. Like this stat doesn't show. Like DK Metcalf had six receptions for seventy-one yards, but him and Jamal Dean were going at it all game. And you know there were some questionable calls that could have went both ways, but ultimately Jamal Dean played incredible defense. Like DK Metcalf was the leading receiver and leading leading in target share um you know he was held to 71 yards and zero touchdowns so you know as big and physical as a receiver he, as he is that Jamal Dean does a job uh Kenneth Walker the second leading receiver with six receptions for 55 yards he was basically the dump off machine because they were just not letting anything deep uh he did find Tyler Lock at times for 42 yards and a touchdown and at the end of the game on fourth down he made a miraculous back foot pass running to the left type of pass to Marquise Goodwin, dove, catch it in the back corner of the end zone, keeping the game alive. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, this was just Tom Brady controlling the game, and they ran the ball exceptionally well. The Buccaneers, believe it or not, ran the ball 38 times between their three halfbacks. And they ran for about 165 yards. Rashad White, the leading carrier, 22 carries for 105 yards. Leonard Fournette, 14 carries for 57 yards and a touchdown. Tom Brady, 22 of 29, 258 yards, two touchdowns, and almost 400 pass attempts since his last one has thrown an interception. Uh, he was about he was he, he he was leading third and second on the completions without an interception. He was two or three passes away from breaking a Rodgers record. Uh, but ultimately came short. But I guarantee you, he'd rather win the game than break that record. Um, Chris Godwin, the leading receivers, was 71 yards, six 
receptions and a touchdown. Uh, Julio Jones also turned back the clock, had like a 30-yard touchdown to start the game off. You know, this this was an entertaining game. It was a competitive game. You never really thought the, the Seahawks were out of it, even though you could always tell that the Buccaneers gained ground and they had a strong control on this game. But the Seahawks never went away. They had that fourth quarter interception. They went down, ultimately scored a touchdown, and, you know, they just came up short. Uh, obviously, we had the Seahawks plus three, so we did just fall short of that. But, you know, I, you, this is the one you just have to take on the chin. Uh, Seahawks, still a very good team. We would not be straying away whatsoever. We're going to see if Vegas adjust the lines a little bit to Geno Smith and the Seahawks. But, you know, they're always going to be a team that we have to look at because they're just they're never out. They have a semi-explosive offense, and this was just a result of them not being able to get Kenneth Walker going. Uh, there's not many dominant defensive fronts like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so you know we'll just have to pick our spots accordingly going forward. That takes us to our next game, the New Orleans Saints traveling to Pittsburgh, where this was one of my better sharp calls this week. The Saints were defeated 20-10. to Andy Dalton for the Saints, 17 of 27, 174 yards, one touchdown, but two interceptions. Alvin Kamara, eight rushes for 26 yards. Juwan Johnson, the leading receiver with five receptions for 44 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Kenny Pickett, 18 of 30, not the most efficient, but no interceptions, no touchdowns. 18 of 30, 199 yards. Najee Harris, 20 carries for 99 yards. Kenny Pickett, 8 carries for 51 yards in a touchdown, and George Pickens on the ground had a very solid carry, got into the end zone for his first rushing touchdown. Deontay Johnson was the leading receiver with 4 receptions for 63 yards. What a day. Levi Wallace had an interception. Uh, DeMonte KZ had an interception. I mean, this was just a great game for the Steelers' defense. They shut down the Saints' They shut down Kamara. You know, this was just, this was one of the fingers I pointed. I said, why are the Saints one and a half point road favorites? It just doesn't make sense. They haven't proven it. They're not as dominant as a team. Uh, Alvin Kamara has been, you know, he's been cruising lately, but <laughs> TJ Watt is back. You know, he's knocking at the door. He's going to make life living hell for that offense. And he did just that. Um, Steelers defense looks incredible with TJ Watt. He may not always get to the quarterback, but he will make his presence felt on that line. When you try to rush the ball, try to get to the outside, he is always going to cause havoc, and that's exactly what he did. Uh, Steelers definitely welcome back T.J. Watt because that played a huge part into them winning this game. This clip of Dinell is from Episode 14 Preview Thursday. Bold prediction. You know what? I'm gonna take the Vikings minus three and a half. I'm gonna pick a spread. I would take the Vikings or plus was it plus three and a half or minus? Yeah, plus, plus three, three and a half. Plus three. Yeah, I will take the Vikings plus three and a half. I think I honestly believe they're gonna win this game straight out right. For just some Whoa. reason, they find, they find ways Whoa. to win. They find ways to win. They somehow find ways to win. I feel like T.J. Hawkinson is that new work on the offense. They need it. This defense is playing phenomenal. Let's not forget about this defense. The defense is playing very phenomenal. That will be my upset of the week. That's right. Y'all heard the man loud and clear. Vikings are going to cover and potentially win. And they did just that. Uh, Dino nailed it. You know, the, the Vikings offense is cruising. 
Uh, although Kirk Cousins was 30 of 50 with 357 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions in the air, that doesn't do it justice. If you watch the game, you saw some of these windows he was fitting that ball in. Uh, granted, Dalvin Cook had a day on the ground, 14 carries for 119 yards and a touchdown. Um, <laughs> but Justin Jefferson, 10 receptions, 193 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, if you saw some of these receptions this guy was making, then you know what I would be saying when I say he may have given Odell a run for one of the greatest one-hand, fingertip, strength catches. I mean, this guy really, with three or four fingers, ripped it out of the defender's arm, secured it against his body, and went to the ground in a contested catch. Fourth and 18, game on the line, and he caught it. Uh, That just was another hurtful, hurtful play to watch, just knowing that the Eagles passed on Justin Jefferson to draft Jalen Rager. Uh, Justin Jefferson is an incredible player, and he proves it day in and day out. And, you know, now that TJ Hawkinson is in this offense, it's opening him up a little bit more. Um, On the Bills' side, Josh Allen did play this game. Wasn't his cleanest game. He did have another sloppy second half. The Bills, for now four games, have yet to score a touchdown. They have yet to score a touchdown. In four games in the second half, uh, Josh Allen, 29 of 43, 330 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. Josh Allen, also the leading rusher, six carries for 84 yards. Um, Devin Singletary, 13 carries for 47 yards. He got into the end zone twice. Uh, Stephon Diggs, a great game, 12 receptions for 128 yards. Uh, Gabe Davis, six receptions for 93 yards and a touchdown. Um you know, but this was <laughs> this was an incredible game to watch. Just the repetitiveness of the improbable outcome after the improbable outcome to lead to you know a fumble on your one yard line to give the Vikings to lead with 41 seconds to travel down the field and kick the game tying field goal to send it to overtime to, to stop Kirk Cousins. They kick a field goal to cruise all the way downfield with no problem, and then ultimately Josh Allen throwing that heartbreaking interception in the red zone. Um, you can definitely see he was frustrated. He was, it was a terrible way to finish that game out. Uh, ultimately, you know, the Bills needed to win that game. That division is spicing up to be extremely competitive. The Minnesota Vikings moved to eight and one and they just keep finding ways to do it. And, you know, we said it on Saturday or possibly Thursday, the Vikings are one of the luckiest teams. You know, when else are you going to go against Josh Allen? You get stopped on the one-yard line, play after play after play. You give the ball away, and then he fumbles on the QB sneak, and the Vikings jump on the ball. They, you know, it wasn't even a safety. The Vikings physically picked up the ball and scored the touchdown to take the lead, and, you know, that ultimately changed the game. Um so good call, Dinell. He hit his bet. He hit, uh, I'm not sure if he bet the money line, but he did say the Vikings potentially win this game, and they did just that. It took overtime, but hey, a win is a win. This next clip of Jared was also pulled from episode 14 preview Thursday. Please listen carefully. But there will be one game that I will be watching at 4 o'clock on Sunday, and that is the Dallas Cowboys traveling to Lambeau Field to face the Packers. Packers plus five and a half at home. Total for the oh. game is 43. Oh, I'm going against every single person oh. betting on Sunday. Okay. And let me just say you this. You're giving me Aaron Rodgers at home 
and five and a half points. Mike McCarthy's emotional ass heading back to Green Bay when they asked him, hey, how do you think about Green Bay? Oh, he started kind of getting teary-eyed and thinking about all the good memories. Well, I'll tell you what, Mike McCarthy, you're not going to have a good memory after Sunday because you're going to get your ass spanked and lose outright, and the Green Bay Packers are not only going to cover that five and a half, I guarantee the Packers win this damn game. I would not be surprised. This is such a letdown spot for the Cowboys. And let me just say this before I let you go. Number one, I don't even have to look at it. I know the public is hammering this Cowboys minus five and a half. Oh, let me get it before it goes to six. Oh, let me get it before it goes. Fuck that. Number two, this will be the first. This this will be the first button that everybody clicks for their money line parlays. And on top of that, this will be the first button that everybody clicks for their teasers this week. Do not get sucked into the trap. This is where Vegas makes their money. They could lose every other single public side this week. And there will be so much money, so many tickets on the Cowboys. And when the Cowboys don't cover and potentially lose this game, don't don't come back to me on Monday and say, damn, you were right because I told you so. And I'm just going to lay that out there right now. If that isn't a big baller call, then I don't know what is. 91% of the bets, 86% of the money, last time I looked, were on the Dallas Cowboys. Why? 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 The five and a half point spread opened up for the week. I think it closed at four, okay? So you know there was more money coming in on the Packers that was adjusting this line. But like in reality, <laughs> when you see five and a half point, for a favorite that has been dominating, it's such a trap. Everybody thinks we have to get this before it goes to six. It's going to move to six. Okay, well, why, why is this line moving down? Oh, oh, shit. You're telling me Aaron Rodgers has a chance to win this game? Obviously, Aaron Rodgers always has a chance to win any game. He's Aaron Rodgers, okay? And when you have that Green Bay defense that is actually playing competent defense, they have a chance in every single game. You know, me, me and Dino were talking about this. We were breaking down the stats and say, dude, the Packers almost had 200 more yards of offense, almost a, like 150 more passing yards. They were just doing everything better on the stat sheet. Like I said, they left three touchdowns in the red zone off the board because of two interceptions, and then I think they went forward on fourth and didn't get it or whatever the hell happened. But, you know, the Packers left 21 points off the boards against the Lions, and they lost 15-9. to You know, like... They would have won thirty to fifteen. You know that's that's the difference. You you can't always look at the score in the NFL because you know realistically every team is a good team beyond the numbers. Um, but you have to just look at the stats and say, hey, what was the real story of this game? When is Aaron Rodgers going to throw three interceptions again? He's not, and he proved it. The dude went out there, and although he didn't have to throw the ball three times because they finally got the rushing offense going. Aaron Rodgers was 14 of 20, 224 yards, three touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, 24 carries, 138 yards, and a touchdown for Aaron Jones. 13 carries, 65 yards for A.J. Dillon. And then we had Christian Watson, the big step-up receiver this week. Four receptions, 107 yards, three touchdowns. Sammy Watkins got involved. Alan Lazard got involved. Aaron Jones out of the backfield. I mean, I mean, dude, this team was just flying around. Jonathan Ford had two interceptions for the defense. I mean, 
you know, what else can you ask for? Uh, you go over to the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, 27 to 46, 265 yards, three touchdowns, but two interceptions. Tony Pollard, my God, does this rushing defense look 10 times better without Ezekiel Elliott, and I keep saying it. Tony Pollard, 22 carries for 115 yards and a touchdown. Even Malik Davis, five carries for 38 yards, great. C.D. Lamb, 11 receptions for 150 yards and two touchdowns. Dalton Schultz had a game. Michael Gallup, solid game. Tony Pollard out of the backfield. I mean, you just couldn't ask for a better performance from the Packers. They just, they handled their business. They were never out of the game. They outscored the, pa- the Cowboys 14-0 in the fourth quarter and then won in overtime. Like, the Cowboys got the ball to, to start overtime. And the Packers stopped them. And by no means is this a... I'm riding the Packers every single week because I got them right. No, you have to take your spots with this team. You have to pick and choose your spots. This was a prime example of buying the Packers low and selling the Cowboys high. When else are we going to get Aaron Rodgers at home? And at the time, you know, on Thursday, I said five and a half. On Saturday, I picked them at five, and they ended up closing on Sunday at four. So, you know, obviously, a lot of the sharp money started flickering in on the Packers later in the week, right before up to game time. And it just shows, like, when else are you, you just, you have to bet the spot. This was one that I would not forgive myself if I didn't bet it because we may never see Aaron Rodgers at home getting five and a half points ever again in his career until he obviously has no arms and legs anymore. So that brings us to the Monday night NFC East Divisional Showdown. The Washington Commanders are traveling to Philly to face on the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. The spread for this game is 11 points. Eagles 11-point home favorites. And the total for this game is 43.5 points. This is obviously me versus Dinell this week. I am an Eagles fan. Dinell is a Commanders fan. Dinell will actually be at the game. I am still 50-50 on whether or not I will make it up there. However, me and Dino have a gentleman's agreement. We will not be taking a side on this game on the podcast. However, there are two player props that I will be wagering on in this game, and I do like both sides. Number one, a commander's prop, Taylor Heineke, over 10.5 rushing yards. This seems extremely low, considering this guy's a gamer. You know, this Eagles pass rush is going to get to him. He's going to have to scramble outside of the pocket, and I could see him, you know, making a couple solid rushes. He's a pretty athletic quarterback, and me and Dino say on this podcast all the time, Taylor Heineke is not only a quarterback, he is a football player, and football players make plays. So I think this pass rush gets to him. I think he gets outside the pocket. Easily see him getting over 10 and a half rushing yards. Uh, I'd pro- I, you know, if I had to guess, I think this line should be closer to like 16. So we are getting about six rushing yards of value, and I'll take that all day. Uh, so that's the first prop, Taylor Heineke over 10 and a half rushing yards. And the other prop that I'm going to be on, I'm going to take one from each side. Uh, I'm going to take Jalen Hurts under half an interception, minus 120. So we're getting extremely good value. Uh, Jalen Hurts only has two interceptions this year. And one of those interceptions was off Kenny Gainwell. I can't remember if he like turned and bumped the ball up or slipped out of his hands. Uh, but Gainwell's miscatch led to one interception. So 
you know, Jalen Hurts truly has one interception on the year. And the commander's defense has only forced like three interceptions. So, you know, Jalen Hurts has been taking care of the ball. It's prime time. Uh, the commanders trade away one of their best corners to the uh, Steelers, I believe, at the trade deadline. Um, so, yeah. We're going to see a very solid game from Jalen Hurts. I'm not going to go over the bar just because <laughs> me and I know are going head-to-head -head and I'm not trying to get any bad karma. But the second player prop is Jalen Hurts under half an interception for minus 120. Um, but that's going to do it for us. Recap Monday. Me and Donnell both hit our big baller calls. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at ShredTheSpread underscore. We are putting out more content on TikTok, so you can follow us on TikTok at ShredTheSpread. Uh, we're trying to put a little bit more highlights from the podcast. We are not going to put our podcast picks uh, just because we do want to reward our listeners on the podcast. We're actually listening through and bearing with us through the episode and getting our picks. Um, yeah, but me and Donna will be back on Thursday for pre view Thursday. As always, I'm your host, Jared. Thanks for listening. This has been episode 16, 16 already, Recap Monday. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Thanks for listening.